Hello, everyone. This is Steve Smith at WCG Patient Radio. These podcasts highlight transformational opportunities of value to patients through awareness, access, and participation in clinical research. We are speaking today with Ellen Getz, who is the Associate Director of Development and Community Engagement at CISCRIP. That's the Center for Information and Study on Clinical Research Participation. Ellen has a BA in Business, Latin American Studies, and Theater from Brandeis University, and is currently working on a Master's in Public Health from Harvard University. She is here today to speak to us about Aware for All, a community engagement program that works to build a greater awareness and understanding of the clinical research process and the important role that participation plays in advancing public health. Hello, Ellen. Hi, Steve. Thank you for speaking with us today, Ellen. You and your organization are known for a very high-quality research and public information about clinical research participation, a topic that many in the general public know little about. CISCRIP's work has certainly influenced many potential volunteers about the value of clinical trials and reaches those who plan and conduct trials about better ways to reach patients and reduce the burden of trials and reduce costs while also increasing the speed of those trials so patients can get very important medicines. This is all about access of people to new medicines that they need. Such work can improve access not only to medications, but to general better health. Tell us about CISCRIP. Absolutely, and thank you, Steve, so much for the opportunity. CISGRIP was founded in 2003 as an independent and globally focused nonprofit, and we provide outreach and education in a variety of, of programs and formats to raise public and patient awareness, appreciation, and knowledge about clinical research. We're also advocates for study volunteers, their families, and healthcare providers to enhance their experience as participants and partners in clinical research. And we provide education and insights to assist clinical research professionals in improving their understanding and commitment to patient engagement. So how did you get involved in this type of work? Well, clinical research education and awareness building has always been really important to me and to my family. Many of my family members have participated in life-enhancing clinical trials, and I started taking part when I was a student in college. And I've always admired my father, Ken Getz's passion and contributions to improve patient engagement and clinical development design optimization, but most notably his vision to establish CISGRIP as a credible source of information for anyone interested in learning about clinical research participation. And I remember attending CISGRIP's first Aware for All community program with my family and it was so inspiring. I, I couldn't wait to start volunteering, and I applied to work on their community engagement team. And I feel really fulfilled to be a part of this dedicated team and community and to work to improve public health literacy every day. And I also love that I get to work with other passionate research advocates like yourself who are also working to eliminate health disparities. So in this time of COVID and the crisis, that goes along with that, headlines have been made um, around the world about the United States, and it's made it very clear that the hardest hit communities 
<clears throat> are people of color, especially in poor communities. And your program called Aware for All works to reduce such health disparities. This is not a new program. These health disparities are something you and other experts have long known about. But the COVID crisis now has brought it to the public awareness. So tell us about this program in which you go around the United States speaking to communities called Aware for All. Sure. So the Aware for All Clinical Research Education Program is CISCRIP's flagship grassroots outreach campaign that culminates in a free community health event. So we've hosted this program over 70 times in cities around the world, and each program offers free health screenings, a chance to learn from study volunteers and research professionals, and to connect with local health organizations. And the goal for these programs is to really empower the public in making informed decisions about clinical research participation and to restore public trust in the clinical research enterprise by putting a face on the research and advocacy communities, honoring those who take part in clinical research as study volunteers, and by making clinical research information as accessible as possible to diverse underrepresented communities. And this year, we're piloting a virtual Aware for All program on July 16th, featuring the Chicago community, and we're really excited about this. Yeah, so the, this is a program that used to be done in person and probably will still be a, done in person again, in which you go into mm -hmm. those communities, actually physically, but uh, because of what's going on in the country, we are you're, you're doing them virtually. Is that right? That's correct. Yep, we're just so how we're trying to make this information just as accessible as possible in the preferred format and the safest way possible as well. Yes, good, good. But how do you reach communities that you go to or who would come to this virtual event? What is your objective and what do people want? Um, what do you want people to learn and to do? What, what will you leave behind when you've gone? We work to take awareness building into the heart of these communities through traditional outreach and advocacy strategies. It's really inspiring. We, we work to build a grassroots movement by engaging and informing members of the public, opinion leaders, physicians, healthcare providers, and other stakeholders. And we work to bring together all community-based healthcare professionals, researchers, patients, and the public. We share a promotional toolkit with over 400 different community organizations in each location that we're featuring. Um, and these range from patient advocacy groups, research sites and teams, as well as academic medical centers, community health groups and private practices. And many of these groups leverage our outreach tools and learnings in their own follow-up programs. Um, and then we also, we use a lot of traditional marketing strategies by placing advertisements at public transit stations and local news publications. We post up flyers and posters around town and mail out postcards. And we do a lot as well to push out media alerts and press releases, participate in radio and TV and podcast interviews, and um, work to place event information on community calendars and bulletins. We also utilize quite a bit of digital advertising and heavy social media promotion. Um, and we team up with local advocacy and research teams to help promote the event to their networks. We ask them to provide health screenings, whether it's live or in a virtual setting, and we provide them with the opportunity to share their resources with the public. But uh, back to your question, Steve, really ultimately our goal is to consolidate fragmented independent approaches and activities 
while leveraging the infrastructure that's already in place to educate and engage the community. So we leave behind a number of resources for the public, as well as outreach tools for professionals who work with us on the program to, to continue to utilize. And we develop an educational handbook for every event, kind of as a snapshot of the whole program. It offers a listing of each of the organizations involved, contact information for future follow-up, as well as information about the risks and benefits to, uh, to participate. And my favorite resource um, in that handbook is one I've actually taken to many different research sites as a study volunteer myself. It's a, a really nice laid out set of questions that we encourage people to ask before they participate to make sure they're fully informed about the study and feel supported by the research team. So I'll bring my handbook with me to every, um, every, every meeting that I might have with the study staff. But typically we revisit communities every two to three years and we keep in touch with our participating organizations as well as attendees uh, by following up with educational materials as part of our outreach campaigns. It's really very impressive the way you're describing this, the, um, the collaboration aspect across so many of the stakeholders that you're not simply going to speak to groups of potential um, clinical trials volunteers or patients but you're speaking to the medical centers and the community groups and the doctors and so forth who all play a role in this and who, as you said, um, are often operating in a fragmented way. They're doing, everybody's doing their best, but there are so many small and medium-sized and even large organizations in a major city that come together to provide this research. And communities that have difficulty accessing this, um, of course, benefit if somehow it can be consolidated, as you say, and this collaboration can uh, ensue from there. So this exactly. is, is really a remarkable effort. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And I think that one of my favorite parts as we're planning these events is when we hear from groups that might be perhaps um, kind of rival or kind of competitive within a particular research area, like different academic institutions um, that come to us and say, how did you get this group to also show up and be here too? Or like, how did you get these two groups to be in the same room together? But I, our motto and really what we're going towards is create this comprehensive community focused program where really what we're doing is trying to make this information as accessible to patients and the public. And if we can bring as many resources together and be facilitators here, then we feel like we really, we're doing our job providing us information that's really relevant. And, and ultimately the, those who are benefiting um, by all these researchers and stakeholders being in the same place are patients. Yes, this is wonderful. We know that um, drug developers who sponsor clinical trials and the hospitals where they're run really want to do a better job um, bringing people into the trials. And patients really, research has shown, want to participate, including these minority communities that often don't participate in high enough numbers for their own uh, sake. Because um, tr trial participation is access to better health. So um, mm -hmm. someone needs to get out there and start consolidating this effort and getting the message out. And I think what you're doing is not only of benefit to patients, but benefit to the hospitals helping, you know, hoping the patients will come and who frankly don't have time to do all the things you're doing. And uh, the, the drug developers who are trying to get it proven that certain drugs will work so patients can have them. So I was, I'm wondering, uh, what feedback have you gotten about the events in the past? So, I mean, just to, to echo your sentiment, Steve, completely agree. Really the success of these programs hinges on active community involvement to not just help spread the word, but also to nominate quality speakers, 
feature helpful resources and provide health screenings. And often our attendees will share that hearing from local study volunteers and local researchers is one of the most uplifting parts of this program, especially if they can hear about breakthroughs or really exciting developments and advancements in research um, in their, that's taking place in their own communities. And receiving free health screenings is always credited as a favorite part of the health fair in our attendee surveys. And we always love seeing community nominations each year for, through our website from research centers and hospitals, as well as community members and organizations that want to utilize these engagement materials that we've been developing uh, to help in their own outreach programs or want to bring the event to their community so that they can also use it as a platform to promote their own research activity, but also to connect and interface with the public. And our dream is to continue to bring this program to five to 10 cities every year. We currently bring it to around five per year. Um, and our goal also is to bring it to one to two cities each year in an international location. Well, yeah, that's a wonderful goal. And I'm guessing that since you're doing it virtually this year, that means people can sign on online and, and watch it, participate in it, learn from it, that it's mm -hmm. also going to stay online. So people who don't actually live in the city or couldn't get off of work to go to the event live, now they can, they can view it digitally even for a number of weeks after the original date. Is that right? Exactly. And, and to that point, we're actually expecting a much larger number. Typically, we bring around 300 to 500 people at each of our live events. But we are anticipating an even larger number coming to this virtual event on July 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we, we anticipate that groups that we've engaged with before that have never been able to go to the event live, whether it was just a, a scheduling conflict or it was a little too far away from them, um, we, we are really excited and hopeful that they'll attend this program. There's a lot of general information and helpful resources about clinical research. Um, and the focus on the Chicago community is really around the research in, um, uh, individuals that will be on the panel and our speakers that are study volunteers that are local to Chicago. But the rest is, is I think, really helpful for anyone who would like to listen in. Uh, and we'll have a virtual health fair as well that will be live starting a week prior to the event that people can mill about at their own pace, collect resources that are relevant to them. We're, we're really excited about this and instilling that same kind of community feel in a virtual fashion. Well, we've heard so much about the problems uh, in those communities of health disparities that are in such high proportions compared to the general population and then how COVID has moved into just really devastate um, those communities. And so it's also, um, um, Encouraging to hear how the way your nonprofit is helping with a solution, the solution being awareness that if people knew and they knew how and there was an access path in the, in the communities, they, they would find the path to volunteer for trials that a lot of them would be glad to volunteer for. And the other stakeholders, the medical centers, can learn from this about how to make that path more accessible as well. So. How do people learn more about this event? So there are a number of ways. You can visit awareforall.org for more information. You could call our organization uh, toll-free number. It's 877-MEDHERO. Uh, or you can email us, awareforall at syscript. And that's C as in um, Charlie, I, S as in sunshine, C-R-P.org. But maybe, Stephen, in the... Um, the information on, on the uh, resource center, if possible, maybe we can include that too. 
That's great. That's great. So how, how can people make trials more accessible to patients who want to volunteer? And that, that means the public. How do you make it more accessible? What's some advice you might give to someone interested in getting involved? Well, I, 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 I'm often mentioning um, to everyone I'm speaking with that the success of clinical trials depends on including a diverse group of people representative of those who may receive the new therapy if it is approved for use. And many groups of people are underrepresented in clinical research. So I would encourage if anyone's interested in getting involved, I'd encourage you to ask your doctor or speak with a patient advocacy group about how you can help design clinical trials or monitor the groups that design new studies. And another way is to consider participation as a study volunteer. There are many opportunities to find out if trials are available at local hospitals or community health centers. Syscrip also has a helpful resource called searchclinicaltrials.org, where we actually can handhold and manually connect people to studies that might be relevant to them through this free concierge service. But many patient advocacy groups and government agencies maintain up-to-date lists of clinical trials that are looking for volunteers. Uh, on a personal level, I participate in clinical trials. I learn a lot from my experiences about my own health, my family's medical history, but also about the drug development process. And I'm a proud participant of an institutional biosafety committee as a community liaison. And I'm always looking for additional ways to get involved and, and to help improve public health. Oh, that, that's wonderful, that's wonderful. So you have other content that Syscript, your organization that is made to communicate the message of awareness and access to mm -hmm. clinical research. Tell us about some of that. Sure. And I think this goes back to your point before. How do we continue to normalize this conversation? How do we get this out, this information out there? Um, and we're always trying to work up new novel ways that we can engage diverse communities. Uh, the Empty Pharmacy is one program that we've developed where we're looking to bring this to new cities in the future. It's a first-of-its-kind experiential empty pharmacy to show what our stores might look like without life-enhancing and life-saving medicines that are developed in clinical trials and also without study volunteers who courageously take part. But we're also interested in building that out into a mainstream PSA. So we're currently working to develop that and continue to, to utilize that and leverage it as an outreach tool. We also have another program called our Journey to Better Health um, platform. It's another way we're working to instill that sense of personal relevance to clinical research and make that information more accessible. In 2018, we brought an RV around Los Angeles and we spoke with thousands of people about clinical research and the risks and benefits to consider before getting involved. And since then, we've converted the RV into a traveling educational booth. And this past fall, we brought it to three cities five locations per city, and um, we were trying to find new ways that we can really also continue to use that educational content and um, bring it to new events in the future. Um, we have also, we host appreciation events like our Medical Hero Appreciation 5Ks and virtual fitness challenges. I know WCG uh, has, has always been an avid supporter of those programs. Also really ce celebrate study volunteers and health professionals and researchers on the front lines advancing public health. And recently, we started producing a new educational video series to address the key knowledge gaps that have existed before this pandemic, but have been really emphasized as the public is learning more about clinical research without fully understanding the typical duration of therapy development. And we cover topics like how ongoing 
clinical trials are adapting in the current environment, as well as principles and protections in place to ensure participant safety and data privacy. And we plan to disseminate these to as large an audience as possible over the next few months. Well, it is wonderful uh, for us at WCG to be able to work with you. Um, we share these um, values of uh, building up awareness, increasing access, and increasing participation in clinical research. And like you and your video series, and we see this as a transformative time where long known problems are now much more in the public view. And perhaps this is a time to um, really move in um, with a conviction that we can change things through awareness. Um, we are out of time today, but thank you very much for speaking with us today, Ellen, and for these wonderful programs. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for the opportunity, and thank you for your continued support. We love working with you guys. We have been speaking today with Ellen Getz, who is the Associate Director of Development and Community Engagement at CISGRIP. That's the Center for Information and Study on Clinical Research Participation. This is WCG Patient Radio. We hope you will listen to the other podcasts in this series. These podcasts highlight transformational opportunities of value to patients through awareness, access, and participation in clinical research. Special thanks to our executive producer, Lauren Osmore, our technical director, David Fogel, and production team, Isabel Andresen and Roxanne Guilford-Blake. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.